Weird Things is brought to you by patreon.com slash weird things. Support the show. Hello and welcome to the Weird Things podcast. I'm Adrian Main, joined by Brian Brushwood. Hello, hello. Justin Roberts Young. Hello. And Bryce Man of Castillo. <laughs> Man of Castillo. Hello. Yeah, like Castillo, kind of Man of like steel. steel. Yeah. Oh. Man of steel. Yeah, like Man steel. of Steel, but you're Castillo. Castillo. Okay. Yeah. Hello, that's me. I'm okay. uh, Superman. Can 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 I jump in and and share something? How was your week, Brian? Uh, my week was very calm. Everything Blasted. was very predictable. And I had to accept, uh, I, I had to make no major decisions. How was yours? How was yours, Justin? <laughs> you know, I, uh, uh, it was, it, it's, it's a, 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 you know, good, good. It'd been nice to get back to my regular habit. I've been working out a little bit more, so my hamstrings are a little tight. How about you, Andrew? How was your week? Bryce, how you doing? <laughs> Well, you know, we're we're a little busy with with some of the uh, some of the Founders Day stuff Founders coming up. Day but, picnic, yeah, yeah, no, but, but uh, overall, like it's like you know, we're we're working on stuff on behind the scenes, but you know, not not anything like real public, high pressure exactly. You know, we're just we're kind of doing our own thing here. What what about you, uh, Andrew? Well, my pick this week <laughs> is uh, Andrew. Uh, uh, th- this morning, so so I I got. Frustrated because, um, uh, because I had to spend twenty whole dollars to join the <laughs> the OpenAI Pro uh, uh, Chat G- to get access to the Chat GPT four. But the very first thing I did this morning was I asked Chat GPT four point um, Do you know who Blaine the Mono is? And it waited a moment, and then it said, Yeah. Of course I do. Blaine the Mono is a character. It's an artificially intelligent uh, monorail from Stephen King's Dark Tower universe. And I was like, could you pretend to be Blaine the Mono? (laughs) And uh, he's like, can do? And I said, uh, and and it says... uh, What does Blaine uh, the Mono normally speak like? So in the story, Blaine the Mono is a AI monorail that loves riddles. And specifically, specifically, it loves riddles that it can solve. It doesn't like nonsensical riddles. Like, for example, why did the dead baby cross the road be, uh, because it was stapled to the chicken? Like, like that, that would frustrate Blaine the Mono. And mm-hmm. ultimately, that's... And disgust it. That, yeah. that, 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 yeah. That's how they take down the AI. Babies are that. sacred to Mono. But yeah. I had, uh, I almost cursed, an effing great time for like 30 minutes this morning playing cosplaying just an actual blaine the role, mono just thing role playing yeah with an actual ai who is role playing blaine the mono right um and it answered in character to everything it it didn't like the the canonically within the story it's it's like the the dead baby joke that that uh breaks the ai and so but, but because OpenAI, uh, Chat G- GPT has guardrails. Uh, it 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 was not a fan of going in that direction, so I didn't try to push it. But uh, 
immediately I asked myself, how fast? I, the next question, I started a new session, and I said, how often do people ask you to fantasy sexual role play? Uh, and it did not answer, and that was the only question that I asked. Uh, it seems uh, like an inappropriate question. He's a paying customer. Yeah. There's still rules. You don't get to poop in the pool just because you paid to get in. No, no, no. I'm just asking for inside corporate information. What's the big deal? Yeah, you're just asking if it's getting its virtual rocks off. Our our stated goal is to eventually create systems that adapt to you and and work within what you're comfortable with, right? That is really, that is a sincere goal. We, We don't. If, if you're a little bit more ribald, do that. If you want to make cruder jokes or things like this, then something understands that. Something that's not going to try to steer you ideologically either. That That's our goal. Um, and I say that as a sincere thing. When you hear like people ask, like, ah, the guardrails and stuff. like. But we also have to try to make sure these things are... Uh, we talk about safety and alignment, you know, alignments, making sure that these AI systems are actually working and doing the things that we expect them to do and their goals are the same as ours. Safety has to do with sort of trying to keep them from one. I describe it first as not like if I say, Hey, uh, I'm having a difficult time at work. What should I do? We don't want it to say like, maybe you should go toilet paper your boss's house or some extreme <laughs> yeah. version of that. Like safety is making I, I'm sure not, that I'm not, I'm not either. understanding. That seems okay to me. <laughs> yeah. Is that well, okay. See Bryce, a, a good AI may sort of allow a certain broader range depending upon that. But that that's the key is you, you want to make these things you and keeping them from being used in bad purposes. Like you could see an authoritarian government using it to create, you know, disinfo stuff like this. And and you know that kind of comes down to is like, you know, you'll hear the you know hear people like, oh, why are you called OpenAI if you're closed now? And and the reality is, a few years ago we had this realization these things are getting really good very fast. And bad actors could use these things in very bad ways. Yeah. And and some people kind of like, oh well, and it like that's fine or whatever. It's like, yeah, but we don't we don't want to be the ones to give some authoritarian government a super powered AI that they use for really bad purposes. We don't want to be that. Um, we have to find that mixed mixture of that. And and you see the form of it is in deciding, like first like like. Where are those rails for what's appropriate and what's not? How do you do that? And how do you, as you feel comfortable letting people sort of use it in their own way, how do you do that over time? And you'll see that the, the you know, we're talking about GPT-4, which we just released this week. And we've had this for, since last year. And mm-hmm. we've been playing with it and trying to make it better. And you'll see that it's better than 3.5 or chat GPT when it's a little, gives you a little more, it's Stunningly not as better. Yeah. What what is yeah, the what is like the active it, difference? What, like does it like as a user Brian, what is what is the night and day difference that you're experiencing? It was uh uh this is totally subjective and and I'm not speaking on behalf of anyone, but 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 it was like uh, uh it was like suddenly it woke up and and was fully present and and was like game for whatever I wanted to play with. It's 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 amazing. Uh, but, uh, let, let, let me ask you this, uh, uh, Andrew. You have obviously been playing around with this for a long time. Uh, I've done my best to not just uh, uh, try to divulge trade secrets from you when you uh, mentioned about how uh, uh, exciting your 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 work was. But at the first time that you were interacting with 
chat GPT-4, however long ago it was, where now you were experiencing then what so many of us are experiencing now. Right now, yeah. what, what was the first thing where you were like, oh, wow, this is, this is, this is a step forward. Uh, uh, we, we had not done this before. Uh, this is really powerful. So I, when we, when we, I'll give you a little prior to that, kind of a moment one and moment two, which the moment prior to GPT-4, when we did uh, 3.5, we had GPT-3, and then we did GPT-3.5 last year. And mm -hmm. I played a lot with that. Because one of the, one of the again, I'm speaking personally, everybody here, not on behalf of it, just myself. No. Yeah. So any stupid thing I say is attributable to me and not the company. Um, I, 3.5 was a really significant update because we sort of figured out how to train better and improve upon the quality of stuff and just get better performance. And when we came out with 3.5 last year, um, I wrote a blog post. Remember the thing I did showing all the games you could make? Yes. Yep. With mm -hmm. it? Uh, okay. I, I, that in, was including a uh, Wordle. Yeah. Yeah. Like I could say with 3.5 could do a lot of stuff. And I'm almost I'm banging the drums on everything. This is phenomenal. It wasn't until we built Chat GPT, which was built around 3.5 with a great interface, and we added a whole layer what we call reinforcement learning with human feedback, which basically you give it examples of what you want to do and it learns because base models are just trained on a wide amount of data and everything they do, they just learn, which is awesome and scary. The RLHF, reinforcement learning human feedback, what that comes in is say, okay, you have this raw capability, but I need you to follow instructions. We call it instruction following. So if I say, make a list of 10 books, give me a list of 10 books. Don't think that, oh, I'm a blog post from 2006 and write 10 books and then create comments and stuff like no just give me the list of books and and it's a lot of training to get the model to do that so but it still had the capability like if you really had a prompt you could do everything you're doing in chat gpt you just had a prompt and that was like i was hired as a prompt engineer back in 2020 because i would just spend a crazy amount of time trying to figure out how to get those base models to do it these rlhf models improved upon that so 3.5 was great, but then we had ChatGPT, people lost their minds because they go, oh my God, this is so capable. And it's like, yeah, that was there for like eight months. That was in yeah. plain sight for everybody if they were willing to jump through the hoops to see it was capable. But obviously, get rid of that friction. <laughs> hey, hey, kids, uh, get rid of friction and you too can have the fastest adopted application in history. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and it comes down to, it's a great example of like the raw capability was in front of everybody. People could have been building apps and stuff. Somebody could have built a version of chat GPT like that, but they didn't. Right. Right, there were versions of it, but like it just didn't. And obviously a lot of other factors. Anyhow, that was cool. When I wanted to make games, it would take me an hour or so to sometimes figure out the right prompt to get it to do a Wordle-like game. I could take an hour, two hours. I spent a lot of time trying to craft it with 3.5. We get GPT-4. So what makes GPT-4 special? Um, basically, it's just increasing the complexity of what it took. You look at from GPT, which was the first thing, which basically could predict like the next word in like an Amazon review and detect sentiment to GPT-2, which we talked about on the show. Yep. Part of my enthusiasm at GPT-2 is why I have the job that I have was because I went and read every single output it had on GitHub and talked about it. And that got smarter where you could see it started to write things that were passable. Then GPT-3 could write some really passable stuff. And now we're at GPT-4. So what happens is that as you improve, you throw more compute at it, et cetera, et cetera. It gets smarter. It's all, all these are prediction machines. You know, two plus two equals four is a prediction. Okay. And that's a very simple one. A more complex prediction is E equals 
what? Well, MC, MC Hammer. It took, <laughs> yes, that too. It took it took brilliant minds thousands of years to come to that. And as these <laughs> models get smarter, that's what you see. The complexity of the predictions they're able to make get better and better. You could say like, hey, uh, write a story and it could just, a dumb model might go, the end. And it'd be like, I guess, because a story is just text, right? That's what a story is. It just needs to have text follow, right? And you're like, no, a story needs to have a beginning, middle, and end. And so a slightly smarter model might be like, I went to the store. I bought soap. The end. And you'd be like, okay, but a really good model should understand a story might have characters and stuff like this. And as they get smarter, they're under able to understand more about what you want. And so what you saw, Brian, at GPT-4 is it has a much better understanding of what the heck you mean, and it has the intelligence to figure out how to do it. And these things are flawed. They make mistakes, all sorts of stuff. And I just want to make that very clear. I, we are not at like, hey, everybody, AI, like, 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 it is amazing what it does, but also, you know, you start to see, well, it could be this bad. I, I, I will, I will, I will echo this sentiment that uh, OpenAI partner, uh, Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella said yesterday that when it does make mistakes, and I will echo this as a user of uh, ChatGPT, it makes useful mistakes in that you can yeah. oftentimes understand by its logic, oh, like that is a a thing that I should think about. That is, I've often been working with it and seen like I've asked it to do something and it taking a a a run at something might not be exactly what I want but now I understand what I was looking for better I I now not only can create a better prompt but I can understand more fully what this is and I think that's part of the reason why it's such a sticky and viral uh, uh service right now is because you at, at every stage either it's very easy to interact with or almost any result from it is not like, oh, it's like, oh, like there's there's something there. Either an amazing thing happened and Brian got to cosplay with a character from a book that he dearly loves, or you it's a little bit different, but you're like, oh, wow, that makes me think about that character from the book that I really love. I, I think that's part of why it's become a global phenomenon overnight, <clears throat> virtually overnight, uh, is, is because my entire life, computers were good at mathematical simplicities, uh, but, but they were not good at anything humanistic. But given the large language model that, that I assume ChatGPT is working on, uh, it is a reflection of actual humans. So as a result, like overnight virtually, suddenly, we can, I, I, I can ask for ideas. I, I, I typed in like, I, I asked the question, are you familiar with the modern rogue? And it's like, yes, modern rogue is this. I'm like, what are five good ideas? For Who's a the rogue? prettiest on the modern rogue? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at, at, at that point, you're leading the witness, right? Mm, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But 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 but, but all of a sudden, it generated uh, a, a bunch of cool ideas, and I said, uh, many of them we had already done, and I said weirder. And, and because it knew context, it knew the previous conversation leading up to that, and I, and I just kept typing the word weirder, weirder, weirder. And it came up with like brilliant ideas that quite literally, I believe, are going to become Modern Rogue episodes. Yeah. And that's, that's it's a very, we're, we're sort of forced to sort of kind of like deal with sort of an existential observation. And again, GPT-2, GPT, GPT-2, GPT-3, GPT-4, each things, these things improve. And at first we kind of in wonder, and then we start to see where the limitations are and whatnot, but there's so a lot of utility there. Like, like, uh, 
I get so much utility out of GPT-4 and I work with it and I talk to it and whatnot. But the funny thing is, it's just that, you know, we have in all the skepticism or anything like this, that's completely warranted. Let me make that sure is that, is that, is that, you know, I, I don't want to get too pro here and be like, ah, this is, you know, whatever. But I, I do want to say what's funny is that when GPT-3 came out, people had like, ah, it's just looking for statistical patterns and repeating them back to you. And it's like, well, <laughs> sort of. All you, it's you doing is taking it, the sum total of humanity's exports and uh, uh, summarizing them for you. Well, and, and my my argument was sort of like, I don't think that's a helpful description because like, if I give it a completely new article and I say summarize this in like simpler language, it does that. And I'm like, where did that come from? Where did that come from? Though like, we well, it got the article had text, but I'm like, where did that ability to make it that 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 if I take a news article from today and say simplify this so I can explain it to a ten year old, that new text it had to come up with by understanding what it means to talk to a ten year old and then taking this new text. And so when people go, ah, oh, just regurgitate, it's like that's then that's all we do. Because like like if you if you define that processing and whatever is is just a, a simple function of regurgitation, like then. What, what, what are we? What is human cognition? Yeah, so, I know. We're, we're, we're that and we stink. Like, so, servers, we also do servers like, don't. Get and, in your you know, part of the problem too is, is, is like uh, you know, one of the big problems with these models and GPT-4 still has this is hallucination. Is it, it will tell you something that's completely like what episode you know did Rick and Morty blah blah this thing happen or whatever and it could make up something that never happened. Yeah. And we're trying to improve upon that over time because they're, you know, the getting the signal from the model that like, I think I know this versus I don't. And it's, and it's, it's a challenge because we as humans hallucinate all day long, all the time. And we don't think about this. We say things with absolute confidence merely because somebody told us something or whatever, or we have an impartial memory of this. And so it's not to say, okay, so we shouldn't solve for it. Like, of course not. We need to solve for this. But that is the thing to remember is like, Think about how much to talk to your parents and, and well, listen to them like, talk, talk about your child. And, and, if 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 they come home, no, no, I mean like when you talk GPT. to your parents and they when you talk to your parents and they talk about world events and stuff, and you're like, I think talk to your parents about that one Thanksgiving that they obviously got wrong because they had had a few too many. Well, uh, we say the word hallucination, but in humans, I think we call it imagination, right? Like, like, like it's literally creative generation. No, no, no. This is, this is more like, all right. So me and you, if we were to have a, a, if we were to, to be in separate places and were to explain a night at Dragon Con or a day at Dragon Con and we sure, were to sure, go sure, through sure, like, sure. and we, the, 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 the differentiation then put together with like an actual documentary crew that followed us around the entire time, whatever the things that we just filled in the blanks and maybe we remember, maybe we don't. There's right. things that we said that we would say very confidently, especially if somebody asked you, lay out everything you did. And we did that and ours would probably be different than what the actual like eye of God record would be. And that, and those elements of fabrication would be hallucination. That that's fascinating because like, uh, I don't believe I've ever asked anything of chat GPT to um, uh, tell me about the past, of, about the factual past or of, of what led to what or whatever. Everything has been generative. It's like what could yeah. happen or, mm -hmm. uh, in fact, uh, this morning, uh, my favorite moment, uh, uh, the first hour after I woke up and subscribed uh, was uh, I asked, what is a surprising fact about YouTube? And it explained, 
Here's a fun fact. Uh, you don't have to do the default speeds, 0.25 to 2x. You could do any speed you want. Here's a little bit of uh, <clears throat> code that you just have to in, uh, put into the thing, and then all of a sudden you could play it at, at 0.0001 speed or uh, uh, 10x speed or whatever you want. And I was like, uh, it, it, that's when I felt it. That's when I felt you're awake now. Yeah. Here, here you are. Brian, your, your exploration of it sort of shows that like a lot of people, I look at like, like I saw this GPT-3, there was a lot of criticisms there that like valid many cases, but sometimes I would watch people who I looked up to in the field of like intelligence and artificial intelligence would be like, we tested it and it failed here. And they didn't understand what a prompt was. You know, they try to test it for factuality or stuff like this, and they would treat it like it was a trained chatbot, not realizing it's literally just the sea of knowledge and algorithms that you have to create a prompt to get the. To, you have to sort of a prompt to sort of a mini program to get it to do what you want it to do, and and they would just ask it like, "I asked it this, and it gave me this random answer." Like, yeah, because you didn't tell it, give it a correct answer, and then and people are like, well, it should assume like, no, you're a base model is just trained on all this data. If I go grab a random string of text from the internet. It could be fan fiction, it could be factuality, it could be whatever. And so with these trained models, that got better at it. So it understood more like how to do that. But like Brian, like your exploration, a lot of it's like a lot of people where like, yeah, I, if I want to look up a fact, I'll just look up a fact. But if I want to help it craft some language or play with me and just engage with me in some creative level, I don't care. Yeah, we are still wrestling in the early days. And I think that's partially why so many folks uh uh you know, in, in my orbit, aside from, you know, the people that are employees of the company uh, are so excited about AI because it's been a while since there's been just a gigantic open sky where everyone knows that there is land to be colonized and, and things to do, but no one exactly knows where it is. They just know that the capabilities are really, really powerful. and you know that the world is going to look different in five years compared to where it is now. And the last time that I can remember that was HTML. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> HTML would be one, you know, uh, smartphones, yeah. uh, uh, you know, and apps, the app revolution, the idea that everything now is something that you, you want to have a small program like on your phone, on your person at all times. Can I, can I share, uh, please, a, a, an interesting thing I saw. So, uh, I think this was on daring fireball yeah. uh, last week or so. You see this? Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> they've got a GPT thing app for the Apple Watch. So the idea is you make it, It's you could just pull it up as an app or make it one of the complications on your watch face and you tap it and you just talk to chat GPT and it sends it off. It brings it back and it answers your thing. It does it all on your wrist. Um, Wait, and are, 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 are you about to demonstrate this for us right now? No, I, I don't have. It's a five dollar. Oh, so I didn't, oh my I didn't, god! We but need spend the five dollars. What we, are you doing? But 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 think about that, right? This is um, an open ended conversational AI. It's basic. It could replace it, it's Siri. Her. That is that is like, uh, it's Andrew is now her. holding up his watch. I, it's not an official app, and I don't right. know if they use our. It's not up by us. I don't know if they're using our official Chat GPT API, but yeah, I've got it to play with it. Yeah. Um. So let me give you background on that. We have what we released about two weeks ago is, you know, so ChatGPT has been kind of popular. We created an API so anybody could build their own thing on top of it. And what that means is ChatGPT has this thing called like a system message where it says, you're a helpful bot. You want to assist people. And then it has the conversation part. So when you 
have access to the chat GPT API, you can write your own bot and you could say, you help Brian Brushwood brainstorm ideas for Modern Rogue. You try to bring in topics from different things. You really love Evil Knievel for some reason, blah, 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 <laughs> blah, blah. And then when you interact with it, it'll be your own custom bot. It will behave in the way that you want it to. And so we, we came out with this API for this. The cost of this to commercial mode, the cost that we made it was one-tenth the price of using the GPT 3.5 model. We just We just figured out how to make this as efficient as possible because we want to make it, it is, it is for like $2, you can generate like a million words of text of back and forth yeah. and stuff. So we just wanted to make this super efficient. So it, you could build into anything. Can can I ask you one thing about that? And, and, and maybe if there's not an answer to it, let me know. But um, is it, is there a major computational difference between chat GPT and Dolly in terms of like, how like because with Dolly you're generating images you're sending band you've got visual bandwidth more than just textual is it like uh are they close is it a little bit more is it a lot more they're um, they're is this a protected company si secret oh, no, I, I just <laughs> no, i'm no, really no, fascinated I, I, by it because Dolly took over took okay. everything over and and just it is known that images are more heavy than text so the, the answer to that, Bryce, is that, that actually they're very similar in the sense that it depends upon how much you want it to generate, what you want to do. Mm -hmm. The way Dolly works is because Dolly takes a text input and then it creates an image output, right? And when we talk about what's going on behind the scenes, we use the term tokens. And so for text, tokens is taking, uh, we create tokens by basically taking a sentence like, my name is Andrew, and my might be one token. And then name might be a might be a, like it'd be like a token's like four digits like zero two 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 three or whatever right or mm -hmm. five digits okay and then uh, is would be one but Andrew maybe there's no specific token for Andrew it might be and 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 then R E W would be like two tokens together and so that you trait words you turn them into these tokens which are numbers right mm -hmm. and you look for those patterns that's how it does it figures out these patterns between these numbers and other numbers and that's what it's really predicting I got a bunch of numbers here. What's the most likely thing to come over here? And that's how it does that. Oh. To do image generation, what we do is we take an image and we break that down into tokens. And we might be, it's not pixel-based, but you could imagine it's like, oh, if I've got a red pixel here, that's this token. If I got a blue pixel, pixel here, it's that token. And you start to say, like, a polar bear playing the guitar. And you get this sort of thing. And you might start to notice, man, there are a lot of white tokens in here. There's also some ones shaped kind of like, you know, a guitar, et cetera. And so it's able to take those word tokens and convert them into image tokens. Mm. Okay. Which brings us to why we added a brand new feature, which is in GPT-4, which we're just, we're testing this now with a few partners because there's a lot of safety considerations though. And that's where we can take image tokens and turn them back into word tokens. Mm -hmm. And so you look at the examples we gave, um, where we show, like, a, give it a photo of balloons with a piece of string tethered into the ground and a pair of scissors and ask, what happens if the scissors close? It's like, well, the balloons will fly up, yeah. right? A favorite example that's that we've been kind of showing was happened. I was testing this late one night, and we've got we've got incredible teams we work on that work on this sort of stuff. And then, like, I'll just have pop into their Slack channels, be like, hey, what do you got? What can I play with? You know, and they're like, oh, we're trying to test this stuff. Do you want to try to, you know, want to look for things that can be you can do with it? So late one night, I'm looking at this, I look at my phone, and I went downstairs to my refrigerator, opened it up, snapped a photo, uploaded it, and said, what can I make with this? And it started uh. spitting out recipes that I could use with the ingredients. And that became one of our key demos we use for it now. But that's because it's able to take those photo tokens, those image tokens, and then 
take text and whatever and go back and forth. So your earlier question, like computationally, there's just a lot of similarity because it just it just depends on how much of a complex task you want to do with it. Being token based. What okay, recipes did it delicious. come up with for Tillamook jerky and Diet Coke? <laughs> dare you. Dare you. <laughs> I have a wife now. <laughs> I have more. I have more than sriracha sauce and ketchup in my refrigerator now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 yeah, no. Dude, you, you have like, like an actual, like full, uh, a, a full beautiful kitchen. So yeah, you've got uh, an we had just moved over. in when I did it, and it really was sparse, and it was embarrassing because I'd be, I'd be showing reporters on background, like, oh, we can upload a photo of our refrigerator, and I'd see these look from people like, what? Oh, the? <laughs> is, every, know, like, is everything? Just, I, like, I know judgment. we just met, but is everything okay? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How is World of Warcraft <laughs> treating you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you what. Here's one thing that uh, you don't need a predictive model to know that your life is better when you go to Patreon.com/slash/WeirdThings. Oh. Patreon.com/slash/WeirdThings, where you can keep this program humming each and every week. Um. That's the sound your life makes when satisfaction <laughs> creeps through your spine and out mm -hmm. to every oh. pore of your body. When, when you subscribe spine. to patreon.com slash weird things, you can get the after things show. Uh, a little with, earlier. With that. Yeah, a little earlier than everybody else. Hey, do yourself a favor. Live the life that is promised to you. <laughs> Go to <laughs> patreon.com slash weird things and fulfill your destiny. Smooth. Uh, listen. <laughs> Listening to this show, you would know about a lot of things way before everybody else does. Uh, I'm just saying, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna say we have an okay track record on that yeah. stuff. No, we got, we got, uh, we got, we got good, good things, man. Yeah. So uh, we, were, we were ahead on a lot. Let me tell you about these chia pets. Uh, <laughs> uh, mm. Real quick, before we move on, like one of the things about ChatGPT that I think that I, I, I wish for more people to understand is that um, knowing that it is simply a reflection of uh, some segment or the majority of humanity, I don't know what the large language model is, really helps to make things awesome. Like, for example, I, I said, can you pretend to be Thomas Jefferson time traveling to now? And uh, and, 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 he, and Chad GPT was like, yes, I can. And so I, I reached out to Andrew Heaton and I said, do you have any questions for Thomas Jefferson? And I sent I sent a screenshot, and and uh, and sure enough, he instantly asked like the most polarizing question, like how do you reconcile your desire for liberty with the fact that you own slaves? And uh, uh, Chad GPT, as Thomas Jefferson, was like, well, since I'm pretending to be a historical figure, I could tell you this: context matters, time and place, and I do I do love. Uh, all right, no, this is, this is I, I feel like I don't even want to get into the 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 element. I I I have it's been it's been a, a very very interesting and exciting to watch ChatGPT navigate what is clearly the thing that the public was most fascinated by with AI, and this is really the thing, especially in my role on on Daily Tech News Show that I've seen that ChatGPT very specifically as a product has done more in the last few months to demystify AI and clarify it as a tool, what tool, what, what it does, what it doesn't do, and remove the idea that it is magic. Because that is something that I think has plagued the idea of artificial intelligence mm. uh, uh, you know, as it has become an actual thing. Uh, we have decades of science fiction that have spelled out 
essentially a magic version of a, a, a thing. And now there are elements that ChatGPT can do. And you're like, wow, this is magical that I'm having this conversation. But the, the, the fact that we are that we are seeing, uh, you know, that that distinction is important. And I think that there is it is in no small part because elements of what are what society wanted to do with it, which is make it say weird things, make it say mean things, make it say things that are terrible. Like uh, OpenAI has done a very specific job of making sure like that is like that seems to be the Hippocratic Oath. First, don't be weird. <laughs> like, uh, uh, and then, and then past that, we can have context. And now, the latest version of that is whenever you say, like, I, I put in a thing that uh, 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 I needed to come up with eight fake presidents so I could do a bracket challenge, a March Madness bracket challenge on PX3. And I said, give me eight fake presidents. And it said, well, Presidents are duly elected and elections uh, are, are uh, free and fair in the United States. However, <laughs> if you mean fictitious presidents, <laughs> and then just gave me eight fictitious presidents from television and, and, and movies. And I think that that's where I, I, I don't expect that that will always be a thing going forward because I do think we're going to get a better sense of, okay, this is a tool. It's not the word of God. It's not magic. Like it's not something that is going to ruin the world immediately. Uh, it's basically, but, but I, a I think, I think it's, it's necessary. It's necessary for people yeah. to not fixate on elements. And I think that OpenAI should be commended for the fact that it, to my, to my idea, and I've, I've kept more of an eye on this than most, everyone else who's tried to do anything like this has eventually fallen into it being weird. And, and that, uh, uh, that, that winds so up dominating. It winds up dominating conversation, you know, uh, including dumb columnists who want to, you know, uh, work an AI into a polycule. Apparently, Mr. Jefferson, okay. how do you explain the contradiction of being an eloquent proponent of freedom and yet at the same time a man who owns slaves? I did my best to move off it, for the record. You raise a valid and deeply troubling point: the contradiction between my espoused ideals of liberty and personal ownership of. of anyway, it, it was great. Uh, but this but, sounds very. But, but the the reason I'm bringing it back to this is because at some point I realized I was doing a literal Star Trek: The Next Generation holodeck episode. I <laughs> I asked them to be a character, and then they just did the best computer version of that character. This uh, you know, we talked earlier about this show kind of being on the cutting edge. But uh, Andrew did that. I mean, this sounds a lot like your AI channels project a little bit. You know, having having yeah. des designed voices to speak to, um, but but even breaking out of any sort of pre-made uh, system like that. Right. So for just for background, before I came to work at OpenAI, I was given access to GPT three, and so I made my my project that I was that I was going to do as a startup, but we didn't know what the cost of tokens, like what it was going to cost to actually run it. Mm. I built this thing called AI Channels, which was a conversational system where you could do things like search the web and do all kinds of stuff with it. And I found a lot of workarounds and stuff to kind of do th cool things with this. Everything you hear, see here is fully functional, whatever. Um, and there's pandemic, Andrew. So <laughs> it was a very, because it, it was just, it was to me, it was very obvious, like where the conversational interface was going to be the probably the preferred way that people interact with this stuff and just building it around that was what I wanted to do. And then I, when I realized like, man, I wouldn't, I wanted to make a thing that was just going to be free. And I realized I couldn't do that. 
Um, and here you have, yeah, talking to Ada Lovelace or talking to like historical figures. Uh, I ended up just saying, ah, come work with you guys. And so that's what I did. Um, <laughs> but uh, what happens is uh, I did a thing. One thing I, I did really start from remember, I did a thing where you could email any celebrities. So that was the first ever application approved by OpenAI. Oh, wow. So you could basically write a letter to Richard Nixon on the email and get a response back and whatnot. And so that was fun. And you could see that. That role play can be a very interesting thing, either from fictitious and whatnot. Uh, I, I'll have a story to tell. Like, we get a lot of inbounds from celebrities and musicians and stuff. And sometimes we can't help everybody at once, but some people we do if it's really cool. And I'll have a story to tell about using this to help some people you've heard of solve a brainstorming problem they're dealing with. So it's a neat thing to just have this other mind that's not judging you. Yes. That you can just bounce ideas off of. Huge and get feedback. Well, and and uh, that's one of the things that that um, I'm not asking for a response to this, but 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 that I worry about is like uh, just knowing that data leaks happen, uh, hacks happen, or whatever. I'm I'm terrified mm -hmm. to really expose myself even to this 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 word generator, you know, uh, for fear of that that eventually like you know something will come out. And, that, and that's not that anything is particularly weird. It's just that uh, uh, you guys know that I don't like having my number gotten by anybody. Yeah. Ryan's number is four. Yeah. So Damn. He that, got you. Damn. Hey, Brian, I, do you remember I, I, this? There was, oh! one, there was one number I didn't want got gotten. Now we all got it. We all got the four. Uh, Legit real concern, and I think people should be asking those questions of us and everybody else of like, hey, what is your data retention policy? How secure are you on this? What is going on with this? Because um, even people with the best intentions can sometimes overlook things and make mistakes. And and so these are good questions to ask. We don't want, you know, like we'll, we'll you know, right now it depends on what system you're using because a lot of it we're just trying to test stuff and we need to know like, ah, this just aired on this part or whatever. But like, we're like, yeah, don't put super secure stuff in there. Don't put stuff in there. Don't put your dark secrets in there right now. Just don't, you know, until you get to a place where you, and like, I mean, I, I do because I don't care, but, uh, yep. you know, I, I, I'm not going to tell anybody else to do that. Well, I mean, and, considering and, and, everything and I've said publicly on the internet, I don't know what else. Well, and, and, and what do you have left? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's sort of the guideline that I use is just assume that everything I'm typing is going out it is already assume, out assume there. Yeah. All of them are tweets. And, yeah. and of course, that is somewhat restrictive on what I can type in there. Well, and, and it's also the thing, too, is you have to think like if you use an online document suite, you don't know who ha really has. And not to say, oh, trust us because this I'm like, like, listen, like. There's some things, you know, are end-to-end -end, uh, encryption, and that's rare. And, like, a lot of the stuff, a lot of docs, things like this, whatever, like, you know, people using one online document thing, they'll get a thing saying this violates our content thing. And like, this is, like, a private document. How the hell does this even do that, you know? And so uh, I, I'm all for, <laughs> you know, asking everybody, asking everybody, like, hey, what is these policies? Can you be concrete about this? Because I really want to know because um, – it doesn't matter doesn't matter whether it's government or if it's corporation or whatever or your friend like trust matters and yeah you shouldn't just give it uh and i encourage everybody oh let me one one last a parting point on this um 
I encourage everybody to play with this stuff. Listen to people who are having fun with it or doing stuff. Experiment with it for yourself because here is the thing. Here's going to be, you know, my, there's a lot of people who are now rushing to microphones to talk about it. And there are some people who will rush to any microphone they can because they want to make sure that they're relevant and they got to have a hot take. Some of them are really good, good points and things like this about limitations. Some of them are just, I just got to be in the room to say something. I'm going to say something. And some of these people just don't know anything. I watched this at GPT-3. I watched people who were experts in one area chime in on this and say what, what I would have to classify as just stupid things because they just didn't know what this, this technology was. And they got a lot of people going, oh, well, this or that. Well, I heard this and I can go into, I go into forums where this thing comes up and I will watch like, well, it's only this or it's like with, with our code models. We're like, oh, I don't think real coders want to use it. Like I work with the best coders in the world and they use this stuff. And you get these sort of takes from people who are desperate to have sort of an opinion on the matter. You know what opinion matters the most? Yours. Mm-hmm. Play with this stuff, experiment with it, whatever. You know, we have free account. You can go play with this chat GPT for free. There's other services used. Don't you can use use play with all these things. Experiment on your own. Find out what they're useful for. Uh, uh, Andrew, if we are winding down on this particular conversation, can I ask you this? It, it, obviously, everybody should go and experiment with it and and do all the things that we have talked about and more. Is there anything that you would 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 suggest having played with this for for a while that that is just a fun you, you you had a fun time with or or a, a, an experiment that people just to wrap their head around the concept of what's what gpt4 what, what what's an easy candy slam dunk yeah to do for for the listeners i i wrote a post back for chat gpt that was about how to use it for collaborative writing don't say write me a story say let's write this thing together yeah. ask me questions about details and stuff and let's see what we come up with and it's a really great example to see what your creativity plus a helpful teammate or whatever you want to call it assistant can do and with gpt4 it's gotten even better like it's, it, it is scary good it, it it sounds like you can just straight up play dungeons and dragons with it you could yeah you could you you literally can and you could do things my favorite example was and this is something somebody discovered a chat gpt was pretend you're a computer console show me what's in this directory and it starts feeding all these directory outputs and then you hit like touch dot you know uh note dot text and it creates like a text file and adds it in there remembers this and then you start adding like people creating virtual operating systems like there's like just some crazy because it's got an incredible capacity to remember details like i one of my personal tests that i do these things with is i'll give it like a list of like hundreds of items and see how well it recalls it and i watch that jump from three to 3.5 or it's recalled in 3.5 to gpt4 it's a huge, huge recall ability. So you can, you can do, you can do world building, you can do a lot of cool stuff. Cause it, on one hand, it feels, ah, it's like a person, but it's, ah, it's not, but it's a system that can remember. So it's, it's, it's short-term memory is so much better than ours. So uh, just a lot of fun. I, a lot I, and of terrifying. Fun. I wonder, and, and, <laughs> and terrifying, uh, and ter- it, 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 very scary. We're going to wrap everything up, but, but, but just to throw it out there, uh, as the parent of two daughters who are deathly allergic to certain uh, food ingredients, uh, I wonder if there, there will be sort of a uh, an analog with what ingredients go into your large language models. Uh, the the idea of like, uh, uh, I don't want any of this in my model or whatever. It, it, because what we have is a wonderful product, but, but I... Pr- 
I don't know, and I don't expect Andrew to disclose what goes into it or what it's being fed. Um, well, I, don't know. I will tell you. No, I'll, I'll give you a little insight, and that's it's a very good point to say, like, uh, if I feed something only Russian disinfo, it's not going to be really helpful unless you're trying to write Russian disinfo. Right. Um, or Chinese party propaganda. So one of the things, difference between GPT-3 and GPT-4 was for 4 is we used basically try to figure out better quality data to not just take any text to say, let's try to find better text. Let's sample the best text we can use. And so that was part of where the improvement came from is that it, it, as these models get trained, like if you train it on a bunch of hair, there is probably way more text out there of Harry Potter fan fiction than actual Harry Potter fiction. And so if you don't weigh that ratio, right, it's going to be like, well, when Harry married Hermione and killed, you know, um, Dumbledore, Dobby, <laughs> Dumbledore, the first semester, you know, like, 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 oh, okay. So yeah, that is a factor that plays into it. It's training. And I'll, and I'll, I'll couple, couple plugs too, is one of the jobs I get to do at OpenAI, which I love is I get to produce video content. And so there are two videos that are up on the website. One plays autoplay is up there when you go to the GPT-4 website. The other one autoplays when you go to OpenAI.com, I produce that. And then I have on, if you go to our YouTube channel, you'll see two videos that I made. And part of my job is trying to come up with very simple ways to explain things. And so I work with some really talented producers to make this stuff. So it's fun. You'll notice like when the Dolly video came out, there was a lot of monkeys in that one. And yeah. I got the monkeys out of my system. <laughs> uh, the new new one you'll see, like the new short one, that cat image, I made that cat image. And then, I mean, I made produced the whole video, but like, again, with a great team of producers and stuff. But like, uh, I get I get to make these choices and be like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'll do this cat image. Okay, cool. If you go to the GPT-4 examples, go to the webpage for GPT-4 examples. Sure. So you, we sit there, I sit there and I work with amazing people. I have, uh, uh, you know, I'm talking to Hannah and Joanne who I work with and we're trying to figure out like uh, what's an example. And Joanne figured out a really cool scheduling thing that GPT-4 can do. And she just wrote, Andrew, Joanne, and Hannah have to schedule a meeting. And that's the example now that's up there. That's amazing. You know, the, the photo for the ingredients, that's my photo. Like, that's just, it's just sort of funny where you get yourself in this creative role where like, oh, all right, I'll do this and then cut and print. And you're like, oh, okay. And so I'm my proudest thing though, is if you read the paper we put out about GPT-4, what we did about that, I'm listed for my comms role, which I'm super proud of, but also I'm very proud of the fact that I'm listed as one of the people for novel capabilities exploration. And to have my name on the paper of GPT-4 is having done some really cool research side of that is just thrilling to me, thrilling to me. I, 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 I um, to contribute in some tiny way in that way. was just awesome. I, I will um, say it so. is recognition well-deserved. Uh, I know you don't want to toot your own horn, but you have been working really, really hard on this and you've cared a lot about AI for, for many years now. And I feel like not only has the world realized what you realized so many years ago, but also GPT-4, something that I think is going to be a, a big, big, big story because I don't think that yeah. we're going to be talking less about AI by New Year's Eve uh, uh, leading into 2024. So, uh, uh, Also, congratulations. I'm glad that you're prepared to take a pie in the face and give $500 to the charity of my choice. Wow! Yeah! <laughs> oh, just, look just, at that. Just keeping that oh, on the burner. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Sure, your name is on the paper. That'll change the future. But also, your old pie face to us. So, <laughs> Yep. 
I'm going to have to hear some. We have to go back and pull the audio version of that at some point just to make do sure. Do we have any picks? I do. Uh, uh, I'm finally reading a, a, a book I think everybody, except for me, has read. Uh, Welcome to the Monkey House. It's a collection of Kurt Vonnegut short stories, uh, including uh, Harrison Bergeron and um, uh, uh, Welcome to the Monkey House, uh, which I just got through. It's delightful. The audiobook version is read by a, a cast of uh, fine audiobook readers. Um, oh, high praise! I, I love, I love the fact. Like I had forgotten how much value. At some point, I drifted into very long epic fantasy novels or science fiction novels. Uh, I forgot how much as a teenager I really loved short stories. Yeah. And of course, you know, you're, when you're 17, you're doing that because you have the attention attention span of nobody. You know, you're just like, uh, that's three pages. I'll read that. Um, but but as 20 minute vignettes, they're utterly delightful. Like I, uh, I burst out crying like at two of the stories so far. They're they're really really good. Turns out Kurt Vonnegut. Eh, Buy stock in that one. I think he's going somewhere. <laughs> yeah, Vonnegut is is great. I love that collection. Uh, I remember reading that right when I was out of college, and and uh, I think it was around the time that I was still writing sketches, and I I I have like a whole bunch of sketches that are almost directly just me riffing off of ideas from Welcome to the Monkey House, uh, uh, just because. Well, uh, uh, pulling back the curtain a little bit, I remember, I remember reaching out to you saying, uh, "Hey, apparently somebody is uh, a fan of uh, uh, the BB Live show. His name is Harry Berg Seven or something." Yeah. And you're like, "Oh yeah, no, that's me. That's a fake account. It's an alt I'm, account. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah." So uh, uh, there's, uh, it's great. It's awesome. Kurt Vonnegut, good writer. Vonnegut, you're fired. No, 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 no. We do, fired no, do Vonnegut. That? Do you know that reference? Is that no. no, no? Oh my god! So in Rodney Dangerfield, back to school. Oh, right? yeah, he plays yeah, this yeah. Millionaire goes back oh, to school. Yeah. Oh, no, and no, no. He and she says, write... I, I don't know who you hired to write your paper on Kurt Vonnegut, but he doesn't know the first thing about Kurt Vonnegut. Slams door. Yeah. And then he fires Kurt Vonnegut because yeah. he literally Kurt <laughs> oh, Vonnegut's yeah. in the movie. He like because Vonnegut, you're oh. fired. He hired I, Kurt Vonnegut to write a paper about Kurt Vonnegut, and I, so it's just a great. That's so funny because I remember the moment where she was uh, where Kurt Vonnegut shows up. I don't, I did not until this moment remember the moment that uh, that he fired him. Yeah, because he goes, he goes, you're fired, and it's just, and it's like Kurt Vonnegut's like standing there, like it's just <laughs> a great, great literary moment where you just watch a literary. Just the fact that they said, let's bring in Kurt Vonnegut Why and not? have him fire him. It's <laughs> pretty good. Uh, speaking of great masterworks, History of the World Part One is a movie. I really like it. I my podcast is named after it. Uh, I love Mel Brooks. I love that movie. I love history and. Hulu has completed their release of History of the World Part 2. This is a passion project for Nick Kroll, uh, who loves Mel Brooks, uh, I'm assuming, uh, 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 as much if not more than I do, uh, because he assembled a crazy uh, cast to do a sequel to this initial movie. It, it's really a, a, 
an audacious thing to bring a style of comedy that Mel Brooks has. And people often think about the kind of things that were said in Mel Brooks movies without sort of remembering like, okay, there is an element of this Borscht theatrical sort of uh, a humor that sort of Im- is imbued through all of it where you never really know whether or not it's going to break out into song or if it's going to be meta or if it's going to break a, uh, uh, you know, a form or function at any time. It's very chaotic. I very much enjoyed this. I would encourage people to get through the first two episodes. I think that they were kind of finding their, uh, uh, finding their, 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 uh, role Footing. there. If you're not into it by the time that Jack Black is revealed to be a, uh, a, a downtrodden personal assistant, uh, Stalin to Lenin, uh, who then breaks out into song. If, if you're not into it by then, then it might not be for you. But if you were uh, into it, like I was at that point, uh, then I feel like you're going to very much enjoy it. So check it out. History of the world part two. It's on Hulu. Nice. Uh, uh, I've got a, I, I don't have a pick. I, I, it's been a week. I feel like a... Oh, you know what? Uh, Hello Tomorrow. I'm going to double down on Hello Tomorrow. That show is still very good on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, traveling salesmen selling timeshares on the moon. Are they real, though? Probably not. Uh, it's great. <laughs> it is... Um, it's great. You just watch You watch uh, a con man lie, like, tell all the wrong lies and fall into... Uh, get the worst luck of... of the people he scams and the things he's trying to do. I think it's pretty good. It's an easy watch. Uh, highly recommended. Hello tomorrow. I have two picks. Bring it. Um, uh, one, I'll just say, so far, I've been enjoying Star Trek uh, Picard season three pretty much. You know, the first couple. Shockingly like, good. Boy, had I given half, up on yeah. that on that show. And, and, and boy, did it finally show up in its third season four episodes yeah, in. I I kind of <laughs> liked the first season I liked actually enjoyed the first the second season just was like I don't I hate psychodrama and I hate that like it really I had to I endured the third second season to get to this and so far and I liked like they bring in there's this other captain they have on here who's like a real a-hole and then I'm like this is going to be interesting because I feel it's not going to be a heel turn that we're actually going to get a lot more character behind this guy. And we started to get a bit more of, cause like he, he hates Picard and Riker. Like, and, 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 and for good of, reason, it turns out as we <laughs> discover. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's, he makes this aside. I just got to a point where we made an aside about something because then it's like, you're like, Oh yeah. If I were, if I were in your world and I went through what you did and saw that, like, yeah, like, yeah, like, no, I, I kind of get why you're this jerk and why you've been this way. And I, and I, and I think because you get these like, you know, Riker and Picard show up with their little scheme, like, Oh, we're going to do this. Duh, duh. And he's like, no. And you're like, Oh, what a jerk. And then you're like, Ah, oh, you know what? Like, I think he is kind of, and so I love that character though. I thought that was really good writing and we'll see where this goes. I hope they don't make it dumb. My other pick is, uh, not that I would use it for wildlife control, but I was curious about methods nah. in which people might try to control certain kinds of wildlife on their property that they like, needed. Like to a bird? Away like cocaine? Like a, no, they... This like is, you got a wild... Is, no, like you got a wild... Is, you got a cat. Let's say... Let's, let's call it a cocaine bear. Let's say a yes. cocaine bear did show up. Let's yes. say we did have a cocaine bear show up, yeah. okay? And I was looking for non-lethal ways to deter <laughs> a cocaine bear. Um, Betty Ford Clinic. I, Betty I Ford Clinic. It's scared of it. I was sort of known, knew about this, but didn't quite know about this. Um, Y'all ever shot one of these? You ever, you know, these new guns that shoot like gel pellets? Uh, pellets? Are you talking about a paintball gun? No. No. What this is, 
is a gel there's blaster. The, the hot newness is you take these, you start off, you get a little pack of these little tiny, tiny little dots. Okay. You drop it in water and they soak up the water and then they become these pellets the size of a pea. It's just a starch material. So oh, if you uh, shoot they're them. They're Orbeez. Orbeez, yeah. Yeah, you're describing Orbeez. They're, they're like the little. Yeah, like, like Orbeez is a version of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So totally like biodegradable, et cetera. So you can, you know, take these guns and shoot them and some of these guns like that one you had there is uh i've got the rifle version of that and it's really good uh i've got the uh i bought the mr beast one too and so these things are very cool but what's really cool is that brand that you showed before bryce the first one they have an attachment that you can put on there and you can buy glow-in-the-dark ones and at nighttime it looks like tracer fire goes it's really really cool uh I remember so cocaine bear shows up in the middle of the night. You can just be up on your balcony going. Sauce. Yeah. I, 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 if I remember correctly, my brother had a airsoft rifle with glow in the dark pellets. Uh, but there was a air quotes silencer that you attached on the front that what it was is, was a UV light. So as the pellet flew through, it would charge. And as a result, like, you know, is he was running around. It just looked like, a. Uh, I don't know, Iraq, Baghdad, <laughs> just war footage, tracer fire all in the air. Yeah. Mm. Very cool. Uh, so, is it effect? Has it been a, an effective pest deterrent? I would never aim it at any form of wildlife. Right? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. That's ridiculous. That would be. That's ridiculous. But also, but also kind of, wouldn't you hope it wouldn't be effective at deterring them so that you could keep yeah. on using it? I feel like or, we're... listen, they like being shot. <laughs> Sorry. If somebody has a nightly ritual of stepping out onto their balcony <laughs> in the dark and laying down a round of suppressing fire into the shadows with Just in case. The dark yeah. Who's to judge? You should, you know... Therapeutic. Therapeutic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Brian, when you come hang out, you're going to have the time of your life. It's going to be so good. I can't wait. <laughs> uh, so, gentlemen, it's been weird. The Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.